The following program is being brought to you on the 7th Wave Network. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit 7thWaveNetwork.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. We are held in the hands of the goddess. We are held, we are held, we are held. We are loved in the heart of the goddess. We are loved, we are loved, we are loved. What in your life needs to heal? Is it something in your body? Is it in your thoughts or your feelings? Welcome to the Empowered Healer Show with your host, Dr. Susan Allison. Our program will present healing methods and ideas to help you change the challenging parts of your life and support the people who mean the most to you. Now, here is Dr. Susan Allison. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Empowered Healer Show. This is Dr. Susan Allison, and as I always say, I am so glad you're here with me. Well, the election's over, and now we all need to get down to creating the world and country we envision, beginning with ourselves. Each of us is a piece of the planet puzzle, and we need to be the most conscious, the most clear, and the most proactive puzzle piece we can be. So, are you ready to give up any parts left of your old story? The story that's cynical, apathetic, resigned, and asking, but what can I do? I'm just one person. It's actually a great question that we've been addressing on lots of previous shows. And now today, we have Dr. Bruce Lipton to help us move from our old collective stories, beliefs, paradigms, and models to the creation of a new story for each of us, for humanity and for planet Earth. I realize this is quite a task, and I'm already realizing I need to invite Bruce back to cover what we don't have time for today. So Bruce Lipton. Ph.D. is an international authority in bridging science and spirit. Is a visionary scientist and pioneer in the new biology. He's an award-winning lecturer and author of the bestseller, The Biology of Belief, and his scientific research has led to the creation of a new field, epigenetics, the science of how environment and perception control genes. Bruce served on the faculty of the University of Wisconsin School of Medicine, and later performed groundbreaking research at Stanford University School of Medicine. His latest book, which is the focus of our show today, is called Spontaneous Evolution, Our Positive Future and a Way to Get There from Here, co-authored with Steve Behrman. Dr. Lipton received the prestigious 2009 Goy Peace Award in honor of his scientific contribution to world harmony. So let's welcome Bruce Lipton. Hi, Bruce. Susan, thank you so very much for this opportunity. I so appreciate it because, as you brought about, that we, we are definitely facing uh, an upheaval in civilization, and, and it, it will be a lot easier when we have some more knowledge to guide ourselves through this process. Absolutely, and it does need to start with each of us, So, which is you, you talk about a great deal in your book. So I always like to start with the personal, with with the person's life I'm interviewing. And so I would love to know if you have had personal experiences or life experiences that have inspired you to focus on bridging science and spirit. 
Absolutely. Yep. <laughs> As a matter of fact, you know, for me, world-shaking experience is not, not a nudge, but re- really an explosive experience because as a scientist, uh, what led me into science was uh, I really let go of the concept of spirituality uh, when I was very young. Uh, basically, you know, you see a lot of people or hear a lot of people uh, giving you words of uh, spiritual wisdom, and then you look at their lives, and somehow or other, the words in their lives never really match. So uh, I shied away from that for a long time. And then when I got into science, I realized, okay, I don't need to have spirituality. So uh, I had a whole career in uh, understanding the nature of cells, cell biology. I worked with stem cells uh, and culture them. I was teaching medical students uh, the conventional biology and especially about genetics. And um, when I was doing my research while teaching medical students, I was working on stem cells, and, and the results of the studies completely conflicted with the story that I was teaching medical students about how life works, because at that time, we were teaching the concept of genetic control, which basically means control by genes, and mm-hmm. it's a belief system that makes us feel that we're victims of our heredity because yeah. as, far, as far as we know, we didn't pick the genes and they apparently control who we are. Uh, mm-hmm. So uh, we have to look at our heredity and realize, oh my goodness, you know, cancer, diabetes, Alzheimer, all these things are running in families and that we have given the belief that genes cause these things and that you can receive these genes and then you will get them. Mm-hmm. And that victimization has just <clears throat> disempowered people so much, but I was teaching that. And while I was teaching that, the research on stem cells revealed a completely different story. The stem cell research revealed that genes didn't control anything at all, as a matter of fact. Genes, uh, biologically, there's there's no such thing as an on or off uh, gene or a gene making decision to be on and off. Hmm. Uh, that's so It's so uh, fairy tale-like, yet unfortunately it's ground into our programming and our belief system that genes yep. turn on and off and that controls our biology and behavior, yep. etc., and it turns out genes have no on and off to them at all, as a matter of fact. Genes are, are simply blueprints. And, mm-hmm. and, and why that becomes important is because if you go, let's say you go to an architect's office and she's working on a, uh, on a blueprint and you ask her, uh, is your blueprint on or off? Uh, and then mm-hmm. she'll look at you like, well, that's an absurd question. And I go, you know, it's equally true for genes because genes are strictly molecular blueprints. So what the new biology was revealing is that genes didn't control themselves. But genes were selected by the organism in response to the environmental information. So organisms adapt their genetics to their life experiences. And you extend this one little step farther to humans, and then you realize this. Um, cells, for example, directly read whatever the environmental signal is and directly control their own genetics and their behavior. Mm-hmm. People. <clears throat> who are actually communities of 50 trillion cells underneath their skin. The cells are the living entity. A human, by definition, is is a community of 50 trillion cells. So a human is like a skin-covered Petri dish in that sense with 50 (laughs) trillion cells inside. And the relevance about all this is when a cell is directly experiencing the environment, then it has direct information and directly controls its biology. But you have 50 trillion cells in your body, and your body cells can't see what's going on in the world. So we created what's called the nervous system. And the function of the nervous system is to read that environmental information and then send it to the 50 trillion cells to adjust their biology. And everything's cool. Uh, And then we realize one important factor about humans, and that is between the environment and the cells is the mind. That's right. 
And the relevance about the mind is um, it's the interpretation of the mind that the cells respond to, not the real world. So uh, if you go outside uh, uh, and it's cold out, the real world touches your skin and your nervous system picks it up and then raises your body temperature to keep you warm. Uh, vice versa, you go outside when it's warm out, the skin reads the temperature and adjusts your biology and all that. But it turns out most of the control of our biology is uh, interpreted by the mind. So we experience life, we make an interpretation, and then we send signals to the cells and control them. And why is that important? Because it's not genes controlling life. It's our perceptions and our beliefs and attitudes and emotions that are transmitted by the brain to the cells Mm -hmm. and control the genetics. Uh, and, And why is this so profound is because you teach the conventional stuff that almost everybody out there has been programmed with is That's oh, right. you're, you're victims of your genes. Yep. Uh, the new science is actually called epigenetics. and epi, It's profound. It's simple three letters, EPI, but it's a revolution in, in, in civilization because epi means above. So I say genetic control, control by genes. I say epigenetic control, and it literally is control above the genes. That's right. And now we realize that the mind is directly controlling the experience of the cells. Uh, it's a, we've understood it in a, in a new agey way for a long time as oh, yep. that's a belief and experience, and that's just it seems to work that way. Science has now come along and 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 provided a foundational mechanism specifically about how our beliefs and our programming of beliefs control uh, our our biology on the interior, but the same beliefs also control our behavior exteriorly. And that means uh, our mind is controlling not just our internal life experiences, but our external life experiences. Uh, and all of a sudden it says we're not victims of things. That's right. We're, we're the ones that can change our perceptions. We can change our environment. We can change our beliefs. And all of a sudden it says, well, if those are the things that control biology and we can change them, then we're not victims. We can we can master what all that change and control our mm-hmm. lives. So we're moving from uh, a cultural belief of of victimization in regard to our health to a full realization that uh, not not only do we control our health and our biology uh, on the interior, but this also applies to the life experiences we find in our outside life as well. That's that's really really true. And I I'm a psychologist but I'm also a healer and you know it's fabulous to have the science now that's an underpinning of what I've been doing for a couple of decades so um, I was really happy to read your book and I kept going yes yes (laughs) I I know this this works for my clients it's worked (laughs) always when I've worked with them and now I, I can say you know it's like when quantum physics you know all the quantum physics research because I also do um energy medicine Reiki and uh there, you know, other other kinds of energy medicine, and and uh, then quantum physics explains it all. So I could always, you know, talk to people who are more scientific and explain it that way. Yeah, this is the fun part because uh, we're going from an age of, of, of well, this was a belief movement that started out this whole new vision of thinking yep. about our lives and our relationship to each other and the planet as a, a new agey concept. Uh, but it's now been found uh, through fundamental and basic science that uh, most of those ideas are actually scientifically grounded, that uh, everything about our thoughts, our beliefs, and even the concept of spirit 
That's right. That's is right. Is now uh, acquiring a mechanistic foundation, and that's uh, the answer to the question I started with a year ago that you asked me about the momentous event, and the momentous event was I started out as not spiritual, but in understanding the mechanics of how environmental signal uh, influences genetics. Uh, I started to get an understanding of how uh, the brain of the cell works, and it turns out it's the skin or membrane of the mm. cell that's the brain. Right. I and know. I thought that was really interesting in your book. You know, yeah, the part it's totally that I, different that because uh, everyone thinks the genes control the cell, uh, yep. and and the joke I always like the humor of it. The, the joke is that uh, the nucleus and the genes they call the nucleus the brain of the cell because they said that's where the control comes from, simply because that's where the genes are. So we we refer to the nucleus as the brain of the cell. It turns out uh, the the genes are totally just reproduction. No decision-making, no consciousness, no creativity. Genes yep. are strictly reproduction. So uh, science, uh, which is a male-dominated profession, uh, chose the gonad <laughs> of the yep. cell to represent the brain when it turns out, no, it's the skin that's the brain. That's right, the, cel- <laughs> the cellular membrane. And, and the, the exciting part about that is what my research led to an understanding was that how are two people different from each other? There are no two biologically identical people on the planet as far as we know for a simple reason. Uh, if you, you take your cells out of your body, Susan, and put it in anybody else's body, your cells will be rejected as not self. I put my cells into your body or anybody else's body, and they'll reject my cells as not self. Simple point. Identity is, level, is present at the level of the cells. Each one of us has a unique identity which is present in our cells that distinguish our cells from anybody else's cells. And what the, the blow-away mind part for me was is recognizing the differences between two people, the identity, is due to a set of uh, protein receptors, which are antennas, on the surface of the cell and that each of us has a different set of these antennas. And the relevance about it is if I take these antennas off, and as medicine has given a number of them, uh, mm-hmm. they study a number of them, they refer to them as self-receptors, receivers of self. <laughs> so uh, basically, what was the point? The point is if I take the self-receptors off your cell, the cell is generic. If yeah. I transplant my self-receptors onto your cell, then it becomes my cell. So the ownership and identity of the cell is due to a set of receptor antenna-like proteins on the surface of a cell that receive an environmental signal. And when you understand the mechanics of it, it's like, oh, my God, the receptors, which are are on my cells and not on yours, are receiving a special environmental signal that is different than the environmental signal being received by other people's cells. That's right. And and, and what what got to me is that all of a sudden I realized, oh, my goodness, the, the body is like a little television set. Uh, with um, uh, their antennas that are picking up the broadcast. Mine is picking up the Bruce show, and your beautiful receptors are picking up the Susan show. And, right. and why was that relevant? When I started looking, I said, oh, my God, our identities are not inside the cell. Our identities are picked up from the environment and play through the cells. That's right, including what our minds are telling our bodies. All of that, because it, yep. it feeds back. It it, it, uh, it goes back to the source. I mean, the, the, the humorous part for my whole life was here I'm not spiritual. I'm working on this membrane and the mechanics of how environmental information controls biology. Identify that there's a set of antennas 
that is unique for our, our identities on the surface of the cell, that it's picking up a broadcast and playing through the cells. Uh, and then I said, well, our cells are like televisions receiving a program. Uh, and what hit me at that very instant was, well, yeah, but you could be watching a television, let's say, and the picture tube goes, and you say the television's dead. I go, yeah, television's dead. It's not working anymore. But then I say, is the broadcast, did it die with the television? And the answer is no. And how do you know that? Well, you just get another TV and plug it in and turn it on, but you tune it into that station, and voila, it's back on the air. And all of a sudden I realize, oh, my God, we are receiving broadcasts. Well, our bodies are alive. The television is working. When our bodies die... The broadcast is still there. That's right. And, and if another body shows up in the future with the same set of self-receptors on it, then that, that new body will respond to the same broadcast. But, but an interesting point, the new body, it doesn't make a difference male or female. It doesn't make a difference if it's white or black or yellow. Uh, the, the bodies are the vehicles. The driver is the broadcast received and while this sounds maybe a little complicated people i i, I think a, a good analogy to make sense of it is this way um we can't go to mars and we want to know what mars is like it's like wow what is it like to live on mars well you don't know you can't nobody's been there so but we can't send anybody but what do we do we'll, we send up this rover device uh, uh, the latest one called curiosity and it's like it's like a little uh, doom buggy kind of thing with antennas and cameras and stuff all over, and it doesn't look anything like a human, but guess what it is? It's the equivalent of a human going mm-hmm. to another planet. On that planet, the television is like, they're like eyes. It's got chemical receptors that taste the soil, temperature receptors, uh, all these uh, reading the environment in the way that we would read the environment through a machine. And so that the data from the, the rover is then sent back to NASA. And from that data, we can say, yeah, this is, these are the conditions that are what it's like on Mars. So it's like uh, a mechanical human sending back information from Mars. Well, here's the, the joke part. We, as humans with spirit, are, are like Earthlanders that our biology goes through the world, but we're receiving a broadcast just like the, the rover. The rover receives a broadcast from NASA. That controls the vehicle. Mm-hmm. The vehicle moves through its world. The rover then picks up the sensory information, sends it back to the guy at NASA. So the guy at NASA has a virtual experience of what it's like to be on Mars. And then I turn around and go, what a joke. Uh, a human body is like a virtual reality suit that it has antennas to pick up uh, the broadcast from wherever our source is. We step into the body like we step into the rover on Mars. We move it around. The body, like the rover, picks up information from the environment, sends it back to the source. So basically, the, the whole joke for me, because I, I, the whole premise when I started was, I'm not a spiritual person. And then at some point I look at the mechanism, I look at the receptors, I recognize the broadcast is not the vehicle. I put it together and then it's like, oh my God, I can't die. I'm not even in here. <laughs> That's a really good point. Bruce, great story. But man, we need to take a break, everyone. We'll be back in a little bit with Bruce Lipton. The Voice America 7th Wave Channel. 
Dr. Susan Allison is available online, by phone, and in person to help you heal whatever is no longer working in your life. You can go to her website at www.empoweredhealer.com or call her toll-free at 866-268-2121. Dr. Allison also has CDs and DVDs available on her website to empower you even more. You can listen to her voice guide you through meditations, visualizations, and exercises from her book, Empowered Healer. Her powerful book is available from Amazon, Barnes & Noble, Balboa Press, and from local bookstores. Begin today to gain the confidence, power, and ability to heal yourself. Visit EmpoweredHealer.com or call 866-268-2121. Be the change. The 7th Wave Channel on The Voice America Network. tuned in to the Empowered Healer Show with Dr. Susan Allison. If you wish to speak to Dr. Allison or her guests this week, please call into the program at 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. Or you can send an email to the Empowered Healer at Comcast.net. Now, back to the program. Welcome back, everyone, to the Empowered Healer Show, and I'm here today with Dr. Bruce Lipton, author of Spontaneous Evolution, Our Positive Future, and a Way to Get There from Here. And Bruce, you were telling us a story that actually explains how you uh, became spiritual or you started believing in spirit or in the field or whatever you want to call it. Go ahead and finish your story. Well, just very briefly is, A, we're immortal. B, we step into these bodies. The bodies we used to think were being controlled by genes, but just, uh, just like the vehicle on Mars, uh, the vehicle is controlled by the, by the broadcast. Uh, and so now we're beginning to recognize in biology we're not victims of genes, but we have a mind and a spirit, and it's driving our vehicle. And uh, when we uh, have knowledge uh, and drive it correctly, we have good driver education, the vehicle uh, will perform well and last for a long, long time. And uh, if we didn't get a very good driver education, there's a tendency for the driver, our spirit, our mind, our consciousness, to actually uh, destroy the vehicle without even knowing it because they were not given an understanding about how, how we control our biology, our behavior, and how this influences the planet. Really true. Yep. And we'll talk. We're going to talk about that some more when we talk about more about um, disease and, you know, how healing occurs, et cetera. We'll talk about that in a bit. I do want you for people, since these are people that I'm hoping will buy your book. It's a wonderful book, Spontaneous Evolution. I want you to, if you would, explain the title, and is it connected to the concept of spontaneous remission in medicine? Absolutely it is. So most people are familiar with spontaneous remission in medicine, so let's just uh, mention what that means, is that basically uh, we have an individual patient. Uh, this patient is being diagnosed with a terminal illness. Everybody's uh, watching this person as they're going through their final stages of life, and everybody's expecting them to die. And then all of a sudden, they get up out of their sick bed, and, and they're healthy and they're recovered, 
and it's like a, they call it a miracle. Uh, basically, what the spontaneous remission is all about is the one underlying feature that's common to all spontaneous remissions is that the individual, the, the consciousness, their spirit, had a profound change of belief about life and how they live it. And, and usually what happens is they, they get a terminal uh, diagnosis, and they say, oh, it's the end of my life. Uh, and then all, some of these people, they say, well, then I'm letting go of all the stresses. I'm letting go of all the aggravation, anxiety. I don't really care. I'm just going to go out, and I'm going to enjoy my last few days or weeks on this planet. They do that, go out, and guess what? They're healed. Mm-hmm. And what changed it was a, a change of belief uh, uh, and perception by, by the individual, which feeds back to their biology. Now, the relevance about this to our planet is this. Science, even though public has not really been made aware of it that much, we are facing the sixth mass extinction of life on this planet. Five times in the history of the planet, life essentially got wiped out, started all over again, and then uh, hit a what they call a punctuation mark, and, and, and then was turned upside down and started over again. Uh, each of the previous mass extinctions, the five ones uh, before, were due to things like comets or asteroids hitting the planet and destroying the environment, wiping out life. Science has recognized we are now deep into the sixth mass extinction of life. And the significance is that the source of this problem, the source of uh, our undoing here, is human behavior. That's right. So basically it says the way we've been living on this planet, the way we have been treating each other, the way we have been treating the environment is so out of harmony with the biosphere that we're causing a collapse of the biosphere and creating the sixth mass extinction. Well, how do you resolve this? The answer is, well, it's human behavior that That's has right. to change. And then I say, well, what would happen? I say, well, if we acquire a new way of living on this planet, then the planet, like a terminally ill patient, the, the extinction that we presume we're going through right now, uh, there could be a spontaneous remission if we evolve to a higher level of living on this planet. So uh, we're, we're being confronted with the crises that we face today. Uh, all of them are connected to the fact that the way we've been living, the, our behavior, our programming, etc., cetera, um, uh, the beliefs of, of our world uh, have been self-destructive. And that the planet will come back, but it will not come back until we, as a human population, stop the current way of behaving and destroying the planet and and create a new way of life with new knowledge and new behavior. That's right. I love that. Uh, In, well, page 141 of your book I have here, I just, I starred this. You know, what is the implication for a planetary spontaneous remission? Simply this. We humans have a lot more responsibility and the ability to respond than we allow ourselves to believe. The programmer of the field, the genius behind the genes, is none other than our own mind, our own thoughts, and beliefs. Absolutely. Love it. Love it. It just really, you know, it really, um, instead of being victims, instead of, of blaming others, you know, which has been the sort of the paradigm, we now must take responsibility and for our own consciousness and the survival of the planet. Well, this is the exciting part, but this because the new science, whether it's in the field of physics and quantum mechanics, which emphasizes that consciousness is creating our worldly experience. That's a, that's a, a resolution of quantum physics that it's been that way in quantum physics, uh, foundational belief since 1930, but, uh, it hasn't never, uh, ever really come into the public. 
That's so, right. uh, the, the, the real meaning of quantum physics has always stayed outside, especially because our health industry, uh, our biomedical, uh, um, specialists have ignored this point. And why is that relevant? Because when you ignore that consciousness is involved, then you look for the mechanistic reason for everything. And that's why conventional medicine looks at a body as a, as a machine with yep. biochemicals and genes. If it's not working right, it has nothing to do with you, but it has to do with the parts and the genes and the chemicals in your body. And therefore, we have a pharmaceutical industry that says, look, uh, will you come with a broken vehicle and I'll give you chemicals? Uh, all of this old belief is based on a, on a Newtonian perception of a world that is principally or only uh, a world of material uh, expression. That's right. Quantum physics uh, says, no, wait, that, that's part of the universe, but it's actually uh, everything is made out of energy. Quantum physics says everything is energy, and, and the significance of the energy is anything that's uh, made out of energy is by definition connected with everything else that's made out of energy, and then you realize, oh, my God, uh, this whole universe is one interconnected uh, expression of energy and our bodies are energy and the planet is energy and right. if we leave the energy out it, it becomes very critical because then we're left to look at the uh, at the mechanical world and try to understand it and and the understanding as new quantum quantum physics and new biology reveal the the control is not from the physical mechanical world the control comes from the invisible world the invisible world includes our spirit and our mind our beliefs and all these this is what controls our biology so we have to get out of I'm a victim of a biological organism or a machine that's not working right and my problems I can forecast them because I have genes and all that it's like that belief is totally wrong it comes out that we are creators of our biology and we control our genes and we control our health, but we have to do it with responsibility. Well, this is very mm -hmm. difficult, as you mentioned, being responsible. I used to end my lectures saying, oh, okay, now we understand we're all personally responsible for everything in our lives. You should see the, uh, the response. I mean, the audience retracted as if I was, you know, a Halloween scary movie or something. They probably uh, wanted their money back. Responsibility. <laughs> And, and, and it was really hard because the, here's the problem, and I think this even maybe and working with your with your clients as well is when you start to give the notion that uh, that we are personally responsible for the lives that we're living. There's a tendency for people then to review what's happened in their lives and look at oh my god that happened and this person got hurt and this happened and I did that and it's like <gasps> and they they say am I personally responsible for that. It's you know it's like I would I I wouldn't do that uh, so they feel guilty, shame, they feel like victims or they blame people yep. and uh, and therefore when we get caught up in those words guess what we let go of the responsibility again because it's it's too hard to hold on to now it's like no I can't I can't own what happened uh, and what I want people to understand is very much this is the new biology does change everything the new biology as you're practicing as well reveals that. We are personally responsible for everything in our lives. The issue is that if you've never been told that, if you've never been programmed with that understanding, if you have no knowledge of how our beliefs and consciousness control our behavior and our genetics, if we, we, we weren't given, like, driver education, uh, and, and then we, we end up having, uh, you know, accidents <laughs> throughout life, uh, and we don't understand it, uh, uh, there's a tendency to say, well, I'm not responsible, and the answer is, yeah, you weren't. If you didn't know how it worked and nobody told you, how can you be responsible? Simple point. Anything that happened in the past 
before the knowledge of the new science, you cannot use blame, guilt, victim, shame, and all that. Those words cannot apply. They only apply if you actually know how something works. And with that knowledge, decide to do something antagonistic to it, then you're guilty, blame, victim, shame. All those words come in. So my whole idea is this, is that we use the word responsibility, and a lot of people shy away from that because they review their history and, and, and don't want to own that. And I say, you don't have to own that because... Uh, when no one gave us any information how it works, and um, how c- we cannot be blamed for the operation. But now we about, have to, yeah, it, to know. It's, about, new. it's okay. about letting go of the past and also just beginning now and taking responsibility from now on and in our lives and uh, on our planet. So we do need to take a break, and we will be right back with Dr. Bruce Lipton. This is the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Dr. Susan Allison is available online, by phone, and in person to help you heal whatever is no longer working in your life. You can go to her website at www.empoweredhealer.com or call her toll-free at 866-268-2121. Dr. Allison also has CDs and DVDs available on her website to empower you even more. You can listen to her voice guide you through meditations, visualizations, and exercises from her book, Empowered Healer. Her powerful book is available from Amazon, Barnes & Noble, Balboa Press, and from local bookstores. Begin today to gain the confidence, power, and ability to heal yourself. Visit EmpoweredHealer.com or call 866-268-2121. Be visionary. Be extraordinary. Be the change. This is the 7th Wave Channel on the Voice America Network. tuned in to the Empowered Healer Show with Dr. Susan Allison. If you wish to speak to Dr. Allison or her guests this week, please call into the program at 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. Or you can send an email to the Empowered Healer at Comcast.net. Now, back to the program. Welcome back, everyone, to the Empowered Healers Show. I'm Dr. Susan Allison, and I'm here with Dr. Bruce Lipton. And we're talking about his latest book, Spontaneous Evolution. And it's fascinating. Bruce and I have decided, though, he has to come on again because we just don't have enough time. <laughs> but we have, I have so much. You should see all these, these questions that I have, and, you know, and I'm just sort of having to cross them all out and focus on a couple. So basically, we, if you're just tuning in, we've been talking about this old story that we have bought into that and it's not just our fault at all you know it's been sort of fed to us you know for millennia and it's about blame it's about being victims it's about shame and we Bruce just finished uh, saying that we need to let go of that and we need to create a new a new story but part of the old story i did want him to tell you about are these four myths of the he calls them four myths of the apocalypse 
and if you could mention what they are and maybe then just talk more specifically about one. Uh, okay. Uh, very importantly, a civilization is defined by its behavior and its character. Civilizations have come and gone. Uh, we're in a civilization that's coming to an end because the behavior or character of the civilization turns out to be disruptive of the environment uh, and the world in which we're living. That's why uh, human behavior is precipitating the sixth mass extinction. Our behavior in this particular version of civilization, which is based on science, not the church like the previous civilization. This one's based on science. There are foundational beliefs that science provided, and then from those beliefs we created cultural behaviors to mm-hmm. to accommodate those beliefs. And it turns out, well, A, the beliefs are wrong, and B, the behaviors that we've created following those beliefs have now been found to be destructive, and that's yep. why we're facing the crises we face. And the four beliefs that, uh, that we built the culture on are, number one, a Newtonian belief, which is the emphasis of the physical, mechanical world uh, uh, versus uh, the invisible world. Uh, Newtonian physics... Uh, says that the, that the only reality is essentially the material world. Uh, that consequently, that's why our cultures are so designed to accommodate more material. Uh, we recognize that the more material you have, then the, the better off you are in the world. So we undermine the earth by uh, everybody getting as much material as possible. It turns out, no, it's energy and quantum physics that is primary. That means emotions and beliefs and attitudes and spirit is primary over matter. The second belief that is one we mentioned briefly was the fact that we bought into the belief that genes control our lives and we don't control the genes, so we're victims. But the new science of epigenetics uh, is the, the science says, no, genes don't control themselves. The genes are controlled by our beliefs and our perceptions of life. And if we change those perceptions of belief, then we change our biology. The third misperception that we built the world on that's totally wrong is the Darwinian belief that evolution is based on competition. Significance of that is all of our behaviors and, and culture are defined by the competition of individuals uh, in, in Darwinian terms uh, referred to as uh, competing in the struggle for survival. That, that's what evolution is written as. It's a struggle to survive and there's competition for fitness and who's going to be the fittest uh, which means I look out for number one and I don't care about number two because mm-hmm. that's just the nature of Darwinian theory, uh, a, a world of competition which leads to violence and war. Uh, the new biology says, oh my God, evolution wasn't based on competition, it was based on cooperation. It's 180 degree different behavior than what we've been experiencing on this planet. Uh, mm-hmm. The Garden of Eden was a garden. A garden is not a battle zone. A garden, by definition, is a cooperative community of plants and animals creating a garden. So uh, we've created a cultural belief of competition which is destroying us. Uh, and lastly, uh, Darwinian theory emphasizes that mutations are, are first created by random uh, events. Significance about that then says, why are we here uh, as genetic uh, uh, extensions over evolution? Why are we here? Uh, and if you believe the Darwinian belief that the, it started by random mutations, then you have to say, well, there was no purpose or reason for us to be here. We just got here through accidents of genetics. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, and that disconnects us from the environment, and that's the problem because yep. we now have an understanding that every organism that is really introduced into the environment was introduced to bring harmony and balance to the garden. And, and then you realize, well, that's what we were brought here to do, and then we ended up with our behavior being 
feeling we're disconnected from the garden, we are destroying the garden and yeah. now recognizing that it's actually uh, leading to the destruction of human civilization. So these four fundamental beliefs uh, that we built this culture on are so flawed that the behaviors that are derived from these beliefs undermine human biology, undermine human civilization, and undermine the fragile web of life of the biosphere. And that's why uh, the civilization that we're experiencing is coming to an end. That's why all the crises that we see in the headlines in the newspaper are manifesting every day. You can look at them as individual crises, a food crisis, health care crisis, fuel crisis, climate change crisis, economic crisis. And I say, well, you're looking at them as all individual things. No, they're all symptoms of a civilization whose behavior is undermining its vitality and survival. And yep. that means that in order for us to survive, we must undergo an evolution where we change our beliefs about who we are and our relationship to the world. And a simple quote from Albert Einstein was, uh, you cannot solve the problems with the same thinking that created the problems. And that's why, if you look around the world, you see all the institutions are failing. Academia is failing, healthcare is failing, government's failing, economy's failing. A lot of people, of course, get caught up in this and the fear of failing. And what I would really like to relay to them is this. If we don't bring the current institutions and their beliefs down, uh, extinction is looming in front of us. The way out of the extinction is to create a new foundational civilization with new beliefs. And we've already been experimenting with them and working with them, and they're all beliefs that deal with our personal responsibility, the recognition of our spiritual foundation, uh, the recognition that humans actually did have a purpose on the planet, uh, and that, as the Native Americans said, was to tend the garden and realizing if that's what we're supposed to do, then look at what we did. You see why we are facing our problems. Yeah, that was beautifully said, and and you know, I really, I think people really, really got it too. And even though there's so much more we could say about it, you know, I there's so many things that I I love about the news story, and then we're sort of heading into that direction of talking about the news story, how we can become sane, you know, how you know, you know, how we can really, you know love Gaia and really believe in the Gaia hypothesis and really um, survive and to do it as you say with the one suggestion is through love through forgiveness through following the golden rule so can you talk about the new story that we need to be writing well, a- absolutely, because all of them are the stories that are re- the reverse of the current belief systems. The, the, the concept of uh, the Newtonian world is why we buy so much material uh, and yep. associated with Darwinian world of competition. That means the more material I buy, the more powerful I am. And so where'd you get all the material? Destroy the planet. Now we find out what? It's not material that's primary. It's the invisible realm, emotions and spirit. And these are important. Rather than buying things, why'd you buy something? Because it made you feel happy. It made you feel good. And it's sort of like, well, couldn't you feel happy and good without buying something? Uh, and that's the direction we have to recognize. Yes, happiness and love and joy doesn't have any material connection to it. It's the experiences of living in harmony and community with the people and the world around you. So we have to let go of that other stuff and start putting this into a world of what? Working with each other, recognizing this, and this is the key to the evolution. Most people, when I talk about evolution, they think I'm talking about the evolution of the human being as an individual organism. The answer to that is, no, I'm not talking about that for a simple reason. We already evolved. Humans evolved several hundred thousand years ago. We're not evolving as individuals. 
what's evolving is the community of humans. Mm-hmm. And this is what we see in evolution uh, that's not really described, but evolution is always a drive to create greater and greater community. Our evolutionary level at this point, because especially a Darwinian view, which is emphasizing the individual and screw the community, uh, is so destructive because that's, that's totally antagonistic to evolution. What are we seeing? We're seeing a breakdown of the structure. We're seeing people starting to come together. The only way out of the problems that we're facing right now is, in fact, when people come back and learn how to work in harmony and cooperate with each other and create community. So what's the evolution? A human being is the result of 50 trillion amoebas coming together to form an integrated community. So we are actually a community of amoebas. Mm-hmm. And, and so, why is that important? Because the human being is like a cell. That's right. And all of us are cells in the same body of a superorganism called humanity. And if I were a health official looking at the status of humanity's health, I'd have to say, well, I'm sorry. Humanity at this very moment is experiencing what is called autoimmune disease, which means the cells are fighting each other, uh, self-destruction. Uh, and this is what we're, we're trying to overcome. We have to realize to evolve, all humans have to recognize there's no us and them. We're all humans in the same body uh, of a superorganism called humanity. Therefore, when one human fights another human, by definition, that's uh, autoimmune disease. So we're going to have to learn how to create community and harmony. And it's actually it's evolving. If you see this, you can see it because uh, this new generation, which finally has a name called the millennial generation, which is those people after the baby boomers, the 40 years old and younger group, uh, recognize what what holds them together, the Internet. It's a global nervous system. It's the evolution of a nervous system to hold all the human cells together in one body. The, the younger people are, are not locked into borders and nationalities, races, sexual stereotypes and all that. The younger people are open to the entire world. They are connected with the entire world. And this is the direction of our evolution because once we recognize we're all in the same body, then the concept of hurting another person would be insane at that moment. Uh, and we would change our belief that, uh, that we're living by now, which is the uh, uh, Darwinian belief uh, for our competitive uh, struggle here. Uh, it turns out, what if everybody started to cooperate? And all of a sudden it's like, yeah. How does that work out? And I said, well, look at what happened in New York after, in the wake of Sandy, the storm. Yep. Uh, it, it, what does it do? It brings people together in community. Community supports life. The community is harmony. This is what the planet is looking for. This is what we've not experienced as a culture or civilization because of our programming. The programming we have received, as I said, was based on incorrect information. So whatever behavior you derive from that, infor- that information is, is, is destructive. Uh, look, it's simple. There's a phrase, knowledge is power. The corollary is more important. A lack of knowledge is a lack of power. We, in the last civilization, the current civilization, the one we're in right now, have been programmed uh, systematically to be disempowered. We've been programmed to be victims. We're programmed to see that our lives are controlled by forces outside of us when this turns out not to be true at all. The reprogramming that is required is a programming of self-empowerment. And that self-empowerment says not only am I controlling my own biology, but I'm also controlling what's going on in the world around me. 
that the destination we're looking for is a return to the garden. Well, what does that mean? It means the first thing we have to do is stop the competition and start the cooperation. And uh, the younger generation, millennial generation, are exactly expressing that right now. They're not part of the existing structure. If you, you tell most millennials, hey, the, tomorrow the stock market's going to crash, most of them will say, so, uh, like, I own a stock, right? <laughs> you know, they're not even connected to the structure. That's well, right. Well, that's so important. That is one of the most necessary evolutionary steps, is when people disconnect from the structure and the structure loses support, then it topples and a new structure comes into place. Well, yep. right now, 50% of the population is not really part of the structure, meaning we're on the tipping point. Yes, we are. We're in the, definitely on the tipping point, which, you know, Bill Gladstone and Barbara Marks Hubbard and Jack Camfield have all talked about on my show, and people are familiar with that term. We need to take one more break, and we'll be right back with Bruce Lipton. The 7th Wave Channel on The Voice America Network. Dr. Susan Allison is available online, by phone, and in person to help you heal whatever is no longer working in your life. You can go to her website at www.empoweredhealer.com or call her toll-free at 866-268-2121. Dr. Allison also has CDs and DVDs available on her website to empower you even more. You can listen to her voice guide you through meditations, visualizations, and exercises from her book, Empowered Healer. Her powerful book is available from Amazon, Barnes & Noble, Balboa Press, and from local bookstores. Begin today to gain the confidence, power, and ability to heal yourself. Visit EmpoweredHealer.com or call 866-268-2121. The Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Seek greater awareness. We are held in the hands of the goddess. We are held, we are held. are tuned in to the Empowered Healer Show with Dr. Susan Allison. If you wish to speak to Dr. Allison or her guests this week, please call into the program at 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. Or you can send an email to the Empowered Healer at Comcast.net. Now, back to the program. Welcome back to the Empowered Healer Show and my guest, Dr. Bruce Lipton. So, Bruce, tell people about you know, how to get your books, how to contact you, and about a little bit about your new book. All right. Firstly, um, BruceLipton.com. Very simple. BruceLipton.com. Lots of free downloadable articles, uh, videos, audios. Uh, of the stuff we've been talking about and expands on what we're talking about. So if there's an interest, you can get a lot more information freely off of that website. Uh, the, the new book, which I'm excited about, is called The Honeymoon Effect, 
the science of creating heaven on earth. I basically ask people to go back to a time they fell head over heels in love. Uh, and I say, if you can get your mind back in that time, I ask three questions. Were you healthy? And almost everybody says, almost everybody says, exuberantly healthy when I was in love. I say, did you have energy? And they all laugh because they made love for days without stopping for food or sleep. Uh, and then I say, was life so beautiful when you fell in love like that? that you couldn't wait for the next day to have more. And they all go, yeah, yeah. And I said, well, wasn't it like having heaven on earth? They go, yeah, yeah. And I go, point. It's, the world could have been garbage to you up until the moment you met that person. And the moment you meet that person, you fall head over heels in love, and then what are you experiencing? Heaven on earth. The world didn't change. You changed. And this is the change that uh, I think is necessary for the evolution of the planet because of this. Uh, the world doesn't look like heaven on earth right now. And the question is, if you understood the mechanics that the honeymoon that you experienced was not a coincidence, not an accident, it was a, purpose, a purposeful creation that you did, uh, you created heaven on earth. Why is that relevant? Well, because if we all as individuals started creating heaven on earth, then by definition the planet would turn into heaven on earth. Mm-hmm. And, and basically how did you get there, uh, as the new book describes, it goes simply this, there's two minds and we've confused them and, and misunderstood their interaction. There's a conscious mind connected to spirit, our personal identity, the conscious mind, your wishes, desires, and aspirations. Contrasted with subconscious mind, which is the habit mind, which is more like a tape recorder that you record experiences, then you push the button and then place them back over and over and over again. The issue is this, that the habit mind is essentially programmed by our family, our community, and our culture in the first seven years of our lives. Point. The subconscious programs are not even our wishes and desires. They, yeah. they were downloaded into us. And so why is this relevant? And the answer is, Science has revealed that we only operate our lives 5% of the time with our conscious mind, which has our wishes and desires. 95% of our life comes from the subconscious mind, which are programs, and then basically programs that we got from other people. Yep. So the, the problem is this, is that the reason why our, conscious, uh, our subconscious mind is playing 95% of the time is that the conscious mind's unique ability to time travel, look into the future, review the past, disconnect from the moment and daydream. The conscious mind doesn't have to pay attention. The moment it's not paying attention, we shift into the program and start playing the programs from the subconscious. And I say, well, what made the honeymoon? And the answer is simply this. It's the one time in your life where you operated strictly from the conscious wishes and desires and you did not default into the subconscious programming. Mm-hmm. Significance was without the programming, you ended up creating heaven on earth. Once the programming kicks back in, the honeymoon is over, and you return back to <laughs> the world that isn't so pretty anymore. And I said, well, what's the whole difference about it? And the answer was this. It's the programming that we have received as a culture, as a community, as families, that generates the life experiences. When those programs are not used, as in the moment you get into the honeymoon effect, and you're actually creating uh, from your conscious wishes and desires and aspirations, guess what you created? Heaven on earth. What's the whole idea? We have to recognize that the limitations we face on this planet are not the biological limitations of genes and cells and that. It's the limitations of the programming that we all received in the first seven years of our lives. And that by rewriting those programming or eliminating that program through something like being mindful or living in Buddhist mindfulness, that concept, uh, you can live on earth and have it be heaven every day of your life because you did this already. So it really comes down to it makes a very 
clear like a neon light flashing. It says, what's the problem in the world? The answer is the programming that we received in the first seven years takes us away from personal empowerment, personal health, and the experience of heaven on earth. When that programming uh, is not used and we operate from the conscious mind, we created the complete opposite, health, energy, happiness, heaven, and and all of that's available to us. So what's the secret? The evolution in front of us is to regain control of the mind, regain the nature of reprogramming the the negative uh, and dis, uh, disempowering and self-sabotaging programs that almost all of us on this planet have received uh, in our, our early childhood experiences. Yeah, that's really true. And um, those of you who don't have Bruce's book, Spontaneous Evolution, he has a list of possible um, programs that you can uh, use to change your belief uh, modalities, to change that subconscious uh, conditioning Things like Psych-K and body talk systems, clinical hypnosis, instant emotional healing, and uh, the emotional freedom technique, EFT, is very popular right now. But, you know, I don't know whether you have these on your website. But well, I have helpful. more on my website. Okay, great. That would be really helpful to people. And we really have come to the end of the show. And, um, part one. Let's call it part one, Susan. Part one of the show, because there's so much more. You know, you should see my notes here. It's like I, I, I have at least, you know, I did about 50% of what I, what I wanted. So we'll have to, I'll have to have you on again, Bruce. It's been so wonderful having you. And thank you so much for what you're doing to create a positive future. Susan, thank you so very much. And I really want to thank the audience because uh, they are the people that are going to create the new future. And I honor them for listening to new ideas outside of the box. And that's what my show is all about. And thanks for being here, Bruce. And thank all of you, my listeners, my wonderful listeners. Thank you for being here today and helping us evolve as conscious humans. Next week, we have Chief Golden Light Eagle, who is going to help us continue to create a new earth. I wanted to mention just briefly, I keep getting emails and keep forgetting to tell you that the music on the show is music I've written and I'm singing, and people are starting to write me and ask for my CD, which you can get at drsusanallison.com. You can get it through PayPal, or you can go to CD CD Baby and get my CD. It's called um, We Carry the Light. So until next week, this is Dr. Susan Allison wishing you all a spontaneous evolution. Thank you again for listening to the Empowered Healer Show. Please join your host, Dr. Susan Allison, again next Thursday afternoon at 5 p.m. Eastern Time, 2 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Until then, have an empowering and fulfilling week. We are held in the arms of the goddess. We are held, we are held.